Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Boston. An Odyssey station. Well, chicken tenders are now on sale at Shaw's. Today through Thursday, pick up fresh chicken tenders for only $2.97. Time now for the... For only $2.97 a pound, limit two packages of Shaw's, the official star market of the WEEI Red Sox Radio Network Bradfoe Show. Let's do it. Score some extra cash. Sorry, wrong button. It's the Bradfoe Show on WEEI. I like that intro better, Jack. Can you do that again? that again, Jackson? Can you give the old promo again? Yes. Uh, oh, the Rob Bradford show on WEI. <laughs> That'll work too. Alright, this is the Bradford show. I'm Rob Bradford. I'm going to be talking baseball with you all the way up until 7 o'clock. And why do I say 7 o'clock? Because I am taking over the pregame show for Brian Barrett, the Brian Metric Man Barrett. I am honored. I am privileged. That starts just after 6 o'clock. But up until then, we're about 3 to 6 here at Fenway, the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studios. It's going to be awesome. It's, there's a lot to get to, a cavalcade of stars. Buster Olney of ESPN is going to saunter on down here to the studio. We're going to talk about what's what when it comes to perception of this team, of this Red Sox team. We're going to replay for you, probably in the 4 o'clock hour, the Jonathan, the wildly popular, the much-talked-about Jonathan Papelbon interview yesterday, which every, the entire country is talking about it. Coop, am I lying about that? No. Literally every single person in this every country. Every single person Everyone. in this country. And so that is Coop, who's going to be taking basically my co-host today. Congratulations, Coop. Thank you. You've promotion. Been, you've been designated as co-host. I got the chicken wings for that promotion. Uh, you, got a, you got chicken wings, smiles, and T-shirts. And, uh, and also you get to make sure the levels. Those are like the three pillars of life. Yes, exactly. But I want everyone to call in. So there's a lot to get to. So we're at the crossroads. We can either call this Crossroads Sunday or Must Win Sunday. Which is it? Put up the poll. Which is it going to be? Crossroads? Yeah, Crossroads. I wouldn't say it's a must win. Oh, must win. Must win. So- I would well, say Baltimore. So- Once you get to Baltimore, those are must so, wins. Well, okay. Can we call it Crossroads Sunday then? Yeah, I just it- said I Crossroads Sunday. Well, you said Crossroads with a question mark, like you were like, like crapping all over it. All I'm saying, you get the gist of it, right? Right, Coop? I mean, you get the, I get the gist of you it. You get the it's- gist of it. It's a big game tonight. It feels like a big game because we said yesterday that this team really had to win, or didn't have to, but it would behoove them to win two or three. It felt like there was a possibility about actually getting a sweep, but 
that's, I don't know if you know this, science would suggest that that's not possible anymore. Now you have to rely on two and three. Michael Walk is going. But we laid out the scenario for you yesterday. It's not complicated. Where you have, basically, if you take care of business now, you come out of today, you come out of this series with some optimism, you go into Pittsburgh against a crappy Pittsburgh team, and you take care of business there, and you don't pull a Kansas City and then you go into Baltimore, which is, by the way, that is the biggest series of the year, right? Correct, Coop? Absolutely. That, that is the biggest series of the year. And, and they get to play on a Little League field in Williamsport. I think actually people think they're playing a Little League field. I think they should. <laughs> Why not? That'd be great. You, you, MLB cares about the home runs recently, correct? Remember? You don't have to juice the balls then. And it's also, and you, you know, everybody knows this. Everyone, this is home for everybody. When you have the kid or the kids, when they get up in Little League, and you're like, back up, Linden's up. That's my, my buddy, Linden. Like, so, back up, so-and-so's you, up. You never got the move in? No, nah, I was like, watch the drag bunt. Okay. I, I was simulating so, Jerry Remy. Yeah. Different idea. Would you rather them play on the Little League field, or would you rather them use metal bats? One or the other. Ooh, that's a good one. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three. Everyone that calls in has to answer that. To, it, it, Give exactly. a reason. Yes, okay. That is, let, let it be said, let it be done. You can call in about anything you want, and we're going to get to uh, a lot of things here about the Boston Red Sox, about the great game of baseball. But within your calls, I implore you to answer that question, which is which would you rather the Red Sox do when they play the Baltimore Orioles on Sunday? If given a choice, use a metal bat, or play on a little league field. I mean, I would, I would, I want to see metal bats. Do you? Someone might die. I mean, but that's the you risk think, you take. You, you don't think someone might die on a little league field? No, they're, they're like two feet from these guys. Oh, that's true. You'd be. Yes. Pitcher, pitcher would get. Can you imagine Chris Sale? That would not be good. That would end so which, badly. Which, you know, I and I, I don't know if we did this at the station. We do have our Chris. We are the only place in the world. That, that we do simulations for everything, right, at the Bradfoe Show. We, we, we rely on science. And so what we did is that we actually sent someone out, in this case our producer Jackson, we went out and sim- asked him to simulate the Chris Sale bike ride. Jackson, do we have this? Do you have this ready to There you go. That is someone falling off a bike. Someone. I mean, that was Jackson falling off No, I know. That's why I said it's someone. But you, you can only imagine that Chris I, Sale I, I is someone. Find, I want someone to find another show that simulates falling off a bike. Right? Jackson, good job. Good work. Thank you, sir. I, 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 I sacrificed for the show. You, you sure did. Play it one more time for us. I'll play the extended version. A oh, nice. Oh, Excellent. Flags. You can't see him because I'm too out of control because... Whoa! What, you know what? Chris Sale, big American guy. He would be saying the same exact thing. Well, yeah, maybe he was looking at American flags and it was inspired. That's not, a, that's, that's not a coincidence. We give you the entire package when it comes to what might have happened. In Newton Square, do they have a lot of American flags? Uh, people from Newton Square, can you call in to let us know that? 617-779-7937. All right, we got a lot to get to here. Uh, we have the big game coming up tonight. Michael Walker pitching for the Boston Red Sox, his return. Uh, also, you have Xander Bogarts. That situation last night. I want people to weigh in on this because I'm actually, I'm actually anxious to hear people's perception of Bogarts right now. I have my perception. Coop has his perception. I'm sure Buster, when he comes in, has his perception. But what is your perception of Xander Bogarts right now? And if you want, you can go to Rafael Devers. And if you want, you can go to JD Martinez. 
Because when you look at last night, that was the case, as I just told Andy and Kyrie, that was the most discouraging part about that whole situation, where you're, you're putting your best foot forward, you're, you're in the middle of this great game, and you have very real moments where these guys, the foundation guys, the guys that you say, like, you have to come through, they don't come through. Like, it, you, you just be honest. Like, if you don't have these guys coming through, if you don't have these, a different version of these guys, you can talk about standings, you can talk about scenarios, you can talk about schedules, you can talk about any of this. It doesn't matter. You need these guys to produce. And last night, I'm not going to go so far as saying, oh my goodness, don't offer them a contract. Look at what they did last night. But you do need them to produce. And then the other part about that was, as uh, some people wrote about after the game last night, that Xander didn't talk to the media. Is that a big deal? Like, is that a big deal? Because sometimes we get wrapped up in our world. I will say this. We, we have always applauded. I have applauded. We had the, the podcast with Xander Bogarts, and one of the things I mentioned to him was how appreciative, how like, he was one of the guys. He was always at his locker, always answering the questions. That was the first time, and I don't think in recent memory anyway, that we can remember that Xander Bogarts didn't stick around after having a significant role in the game, and we know the role in the game was an uncomfortable attempted steal of third and also popping out to the end of the game human being, makes mistakes, whatever. But that was the first time that he didn't answer questions. Is that a big deal? I don't know. It certainly was always a feather in his cap and a reason why we said that's a leader, that's the captain, he's always there. I just get the sense since the trade deadline that it's hard. (laughs) I hate to do this, man, but when we take instances like that, and we take instances like the day of the trade deadline where he admitted that he was his mind was somewhere else after Vasquez got traded, and, and even even Devers not producing. I'm not saying like, oh my goodness, you traded um, Christian Vasquez. That means that these guys are under underproducing. No, I can't say that. But at the same time, like we have to factor all that in. And to go to the frustration that he had last night, and I, I got to imagine that the frustration he has last night extends more than just popping out and and getting thrown out trying to steal third. Like, there has to be this frustration, and he's a human being. Like, he's a human being, and we've gone through this. We've already, like, at nauseum, talked about Xander Bogars, about where his mind's at, where his mind might be at, going back to spring training, where this guy wants to be a Red Sox, okay? They are not valuing him. They haven't valued him, certainly like he wants to be valued. It's even, like... In a remotely, they haven't done that. And all signs are pointing to that they are just saying, this is a business decision. We look at you. We don't see, think that you're, what you're showing us right now is more than the $20 million we're already committed to paying you. Good luck on the open market. I don't know if that's what they're saying, but that's certainly, I think, what the actions are saying. Do you disagree or don't you disagree? Because we have to look at this now. This isn't about the here and the now. This isn't about last night. This is about the big picture. And what I want to also introduce into the big picture, and we can talk with Buster only about this too, is that, that when you look at the big picture about signing Bogarts, about signing Devers, you have to also look across the field and look at Aaron Judge. Do I think the Red Sox are going to sign Aaron Judge? No, I don't. There you go. Spoiler alert. But, 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 will we ever hear that the Red Sox have dipped their toe in the water of Aaron, the Aaron Judge negotiations. Because as we said before, typically in years past, when the Red Sox finish last, and I don't know if you know this, Coop, they're in last place right now. 
You know not, that? Not a, not a fun position to be no, in. No, I gonna... thought you were going to say not officially? No. Oh, I mean, no, officially. We're okay. we're pretty far back right now. Okay. So it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you still, what, you're four, what are you, four, four and a half in the wild card? Four and a half out of the wild card the... right now, which Tampa is now wild card number three after yesterday. Okay. I, I lose track. You just got to win. And we already laid out the scenario. But when you have that situation, when you're in last place, what are you going to do? They Because what they'll tell you is that they'll tell you, look at where our payroll is. We're not cheap. And I'm with them. Like, I totally agree with them. Like, you're not cheap. They've never been cheap. That's true. Absolutely. But just because you have a high payroll, just because you have money coming off the books, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that money? Are you going to be in on these other guys? And I go back to 2013. 2013, you know, this is sort of, a, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I want to give it another example of how this might play out. In 2013, you didn't go after Josh Hamilton. You didn't go after the big ticket item. Instead, you got Victorino, you got Gomes, you got Ross, you got Napoli, you got Dempster. You got these guys. Now, this is where I think the, the difference is. You have to prove that you can, when you want to go out and target a Shane Victorino, if you want to target a Mike Napoli, remember, those guys were three-year deals. Are you going to be able to commit? Are you going to be willing to commit above and beyond what these other teams that are also identifying these guys as key guys in the open market? Because right now, you haven't. I don't, I'm, I'm not even counting Trevor's story. I'm not counting, and I'm not counting the lower-level guys that are on one-year contracts. You get Michael Walker or Matt Strom or whatever. I'm not counting those guys, but I'm counting about the the main guy, the guys that say this. That say it. Three-year deals and up. Cool. Three-year deals and up. Is that fair? For Xander? No, no. Jeez, no. Three, I was doing a little. I was. I, I was I trying to figure that out. That was unfair. Well, I was looking at the 2013 payroll. Can you take a guess what that the opening day payroll was? Well, more of it. What where it ranked in baseball. Do you have that? I don't have where it ranked. Wait, wait, what in base. was it? Oh, actually, no, I do. Okay. Uh, no, I don't. Okay, what was it? What was one thirty? Ooh, that's low. Yeah, yeah, that's low. By the time that they hit the playoffs, when they had their twenty-five man roster, it was one sixty or one sixty-five. But you also have to remember. So then, what was one sixty-five? Uh, yes. What? Where? Or, that, sorry, one sixty-two for okay. their twenty thirteen playoffs. Can you look up because this is good payroll talk? Can you look up what it was in two thousand eighteen? Oh, it's going to be up there because no. you still had Pablo on there. Well, I mean, but look at – so the, here's, here's the thing, right? We know the scenario. I mean, I'm not – anyone who followed the Red Sox for the last nine years knows this, the, the scenario that happened. Where you go in 2013, you make some really key moves. You get those guys. The payroll's still down. You don't get the big-ticket item. But all these guys work out. The difference is here is that – here's a big difference. Is that you had the foundation guys. Now – you have the potential of losing the foundation guys. The foundation, you can say that how great it was that all these guys were on the 2013 World Series team, Coop. But the reality was, without David Ortiz in 2013 in the World Series, you're getting swept. You're getting swept. The guy hit like 680 and everyone hit 100. He carried that entire team. Yes, and he was a foundation. So you had that guy. You had Lester as a foundation guy. All these guys that we're talking about, like almost every single one of them who are perceived as foundation guys, guys that you build around while you have these other guys are potentially gone. That's it. Are potentially gone. Do you want to know the 2018 payroll? Uh, I do. Yes. 223. 
Was it really? $223 million. Yeah, but think about that. That was Sandoval. That was Hanley. Price. That was Price. That was, that was a lot of guys. Does that surprise you? How high that was? Yeah. No. Because, I mean, like, that, that team and, like, Yankee fans, like, my friends that were Yankee fans were telling me that, like, you bought that championship, which I think is, like, the dumbest thing in the world to say. Like, how else are you supposed to win a championship? You, you spend to win. Well, okay, there you go. Put it, put that, and uh, risking my my brand and my my mocking my brand. Put that on the bumper sticker. Scare money, don't make money. Oh, I like that. You're Can welcome. we do that? I I two thousand two thousand twenty three Red Sox. Scare money, make money. There you go. All right, you know what? Everyone can weigh in. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. What will the Red Sox do? What should they do? Should they go after a Aaron Judge? Do you think they will ever hear them linked to a guy like that again? Uh, what do you think they should do with the guys right now? And because you know we're in the here, the now. Tonight's game is is what it is. We've already said this is fork in the road Sunday, but it's a bigger picture. It's a bigger conversation. And using last night, using the performance of last night, those guys as the jumping off point. For the future, what this team looks like, because if you lose tonight, Coop, you potentially are five and a half back. And you go, I don't care if you're playing Pittsburgh, I don't care if you're playing whatever little league team, I don't care if the other if you get to use aluminum bats, I don't care what it is. You're five and a half back, like that's not good. Can I give you some good news? Oh. One of your favorite callers is on the line. Ooh, Jeff. No. Allison. Oh, excellent. All right. So Allison as well. So we're gonna get to all these calls, but first we have to do a training. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, well, here's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. But first, some big news. Chicken tenders are on, now on sale at Shaw's. Today through Thursday, pick up fresh chicken tenders for only two ninety seven a pound. Limit two packages. Shaw's, the official supermarket of the W. EEI Red Sox ne- Network. And also, by the way, trending is brought to you by the New England Ford dealers. Tune in to WEEI this Red Sox season as they broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, official truck of the Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox, I don't know if you know this, Coop. They lost last night. It wasn't fun. Two. I was there. They were, I was there, too. I was, I was in the stands mingling with the common You were the family man yesterday. I was the family man. And, yeah, and my, I, I let my, uh, my son and his friend yell Yankee suck one time. And then that was, that was it. That, then my, my, my wife did not like it. There were some, like, five-year-olds in front of me yelling it. It was yeah, great. Yeah, it was great. It's, it was, what, it's, what, it's what the rivalry should but be. It was, it was truly, like, I did appreciate... Like, it's great seeing the back and forth with the Yankees fans and the Red Sox fans, that whole dynamic. It was great. It was good. It was, a, it was a good time. It was a good game. Great game of baseball. By the way, Red Sox lost. But back at it. This is one of the great things about baseball. You get to turn the page, get back at it again right away. 7 o'clock tonight, Mike Iwaka expected to start. You, of course, can catch the Red Sox pregame show with me, Rob Bradford at 6 o'clock before the game right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Around the NFL, the injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's knee appears not to be serious as many thought. Reports stating that it is believed to be a bone bruise as well as a torn meniscus. That still sounds painful. Ian Rappaport reported Wilson is expected to have surgery and the Jets are hoping to have him ready to go for week one of the season. And finally, the New England Revolution picked up a 1-0. I like how they spell this out. 1-0 victory over the D.C. United. Charles Gill 
Is that Gil or Eel? I have no idea. I don't know. I, don't I feel like I'm saying that it. wrong. G-I-L. Made an excellent shot to notch the fifth goal of the season as the Revolution moved to eight wins, nine draws, and seven losses on the season. That's what's trending now on W-E-E-I and W-E-I.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, we're right back to it. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. We're at the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. Me, Coop, Jackson, whole gang. Buster only is going to be coming down here in a mere matter of minutes. Uh, and then we're going to also, at some point in the show, we're going to replay the wildly popular, the much-talked-about Jonathan Papelbon interview from yesterday. Um, getting a lot of buzz for a good reason, obviously. He comes on the Brad... You come on the Bradfoe Show, Coop, what happens? You have a good time. You have a, you have a good time. You're just going to have a good time, plain and simple. And I, we also, I think this is a good time before we get to the calls, a good time to also make it clear, which a lot of people have responded. We appreciate that. Brad Show, Lee, uh, Brad Foe Show Podcast Fantasy Football League, first annual, is kicking off. And it's a cavalcade of stars. So far, Papelbon's in it. Nick Punto of the Punto Trades in it. Johnny Gomes in it. Alex Pinellas, our guy, our minor league guy, is in it. Uh, perhaps for some other people, uh, Dan Ugla's in it. Dan Ugla, who, by the way, like a sneaky, really, really good hitter, man. 
and always rumored to go to the Red Sox. Three-time All-Star, right? Like I tweeted, like I tweeted, like the Dan Ugla, he Red Sox always tried to get him, and we actually got him for our fantasy league. Uh, PV's probably going to be in it. So there's a lot of guys who, uh, who are in the mix here. And so we're going to give a co- our listener an opportunity to also be in the Fantasy Football League. And all you have to do is go to uh, subscribe to the Bradfoe Show podcast and also leave a five-star review and then just take a screenshot of it and the tweet at Bradfoe underscore show. That's at uh, uh, Bradfoe underscore S-H-O. And just give a screenshot and you're immediately entered in to be part of this league which obviously you can make a ton of money if you're any good at Can I add a caveat to that? Oh, yeah. I I screwed something up. What? Write something nice about us. Yes, write something nice about us. Say like I'm cute or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some some jamoke, like the the review, the top review is like, doesn't have a good outro. Like, what? Who cares? Like People like their music. I don't know. I I don't know. Should put some like jazz music or something. Elevator music. You know what we should do? We should put Edwin Diaz's horns at the end. Oh. All right. We'll put it at the the end of every every podcast. No, that should be the intro. We come into that. Well, Papelbon won't like that. Because he proclaimed yesterday that he had the best entry music of any person in the history So what, we have to do shipping up to Boston for Pat? Nah, I don't want to do that. I don't either. We want to do the horns? Let's do the horns. Okay, we could do that. We're going to put that together. Anyway, subscribe. Rate, review, listen, Bradfoe Show, podcast, but right now you get the live, the real thing. We're on the radio, we're on the app, we're Odyssey app, the whole ball of wax, and we're going to be with you all the way up until 6 o'clock. Then I'm going to take over the pregame show, and you know how that works, and it's a huge, huge game. Huge game. So Buster Olden is going to be coming down, Ian Brown's going to be coming down after, give us an update of what Cora said, so a lot going on. But let's go to the phone lines. Allison in Cambridge. Allison, how are you? Good to hear Hi from guys. you always. Hi, there. First of all, talking about horns, you have to do media star, a big media star for Brian Barrett to send him off. And I love him, and I'm going to miss him, and he is not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's something a robot would I, also I, say. I, I, uh, agree with, uh, <laughs> I agree with 75% of what you said. Uh, the last part, the last 25%, which is he's not a robot, I'm not positive, but we can effort that information. Okay, I have two other things I want to say. First of all, I don't think that it's Heinz style to get Aaron Judge, and I don't want him to anyhow. If Larry Lucchino was here, Larry Lucchino would totally do that. He would give him so much money to make a huge splash and steal him from the Yankees. I mean, Larry Lucchino would do it, but doesn't seem like Heim, and I want Heim to sign Xander and Rafi and not to Aaron Judge. But there was something that Sam Kennedy said the other day on his interview on the Greg Hill Show that really bugged me, which is going – this connects with um, – well, anyhow, what he said was when asked about the Christian Vasquez trade, he said that baseball is a funny game. It's enjoyed in the moment. It's played in the moment. But it's understood in hindsight, which seems to mean that he's saying that the trade of Christian Vasquez is worth being able to um, – is 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 worth sabotaging this year potentially because those two prospects are so great. Well, I would say this, Allison, is that yeah, a lot of this is hindsight, right? I mean, is we we this is no, what we do. We can't. no, but 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 my point is, but wait a second. My point is, is that okay. a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is in the here and the now. A lot of it is it is in the moment. It is that is a good move or that a bad move, and we can say you know we were right or we were wrong. And, and that's one of the great things about you know, the, the, the off-the-field stuff. And this falls under the trade deadline with Christian Vasquez. And, you know, I look at this. In, in hindsight, if I'm going to do the hindsight thing, 
Okay. I would make this. I would make the suggestion that Heim Bloom didn't understand quite the impact that Christian Vasquez. If they were truly so, you you say that you want to go for the playoffs. You make a good move with Tommy Pham. You make a good move with Eric Cosmer. You make a, a Reese McGuire good move. Okay, but the good move, the other move, if you are truly trying to make the playoffs. It's not a good move to trade Christian Vasquez and for no other reason because he's, he's perceived by a core group of that team as a, a, a much more valuable guy than probably Heim Bloom perceived him as. And the and, biggest actually, thing, Allison, the big, the big, one second, the biggest thing is, is, is not getting a reliever. Like, you, you're, you can't get these other guys and not get the final and most important piece. I, I agree with I agree with you totally, Rob. Can I just say one more thing? The other thing that struck me is that many years ago, when I first started calling uh, the big show, um, that I I complained about. I said that I didn't think that Brian Cashman was a very good GM because he inherited the core of that team from Stick Michaels. And Sean McAdams said something that I didn't really get at the time, but I totally get now. Sean McAdams said, "Well, he didn't. He kept who was there on the roster. He didn't feel like he had to put his fingerprint on it." And I think that is a very powerful thing. And I think that Dave Dombrowski is like that, too. I think that a good GM, when somebody, they've inherited people who are already part of the fabric of the major league team, they're not going to trade them or not continue to have them there unless there's an incredibly good reason not to. And it seems like high and bloom. It seems like bad GMs care more about saving the prospects and who knows what's going to happen with them, and don't really care about players that they that maybe Heim, maybe Xander is not someone that he would have drafted. Maybe Rafi isn't someone he was drafted. But who cares? They're here and they could play here. And this organization, John Henry must know by over 20 years that there are certain people who can play here and they're beloved. And you you keep them and you nurture them and. And that, and so hence, Brian Cashman is a good GM, and Dave Dombrowski is a good GM. Mm. Allison, thanks for the call. And one of the things Allison said that should hit home is, is you keep the guys unless you have an incredibly, and I'm paraphrasing, but an incredibly good reason not to keep them. I would say this, is that the Christian Vasquez trade, I might prove it to be wrong, but it, there wasn't an incredibly good reason to trade Christian Vasquez. There just wasn't. And you got two guys, which I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little wary of anyway. I'm sick of these, well, you got two, you got three, you got five guys. I want you to get the one guy. I want you to say, this is the one guy. This is the one prospect. We know he's going to be a major leaguer. And then, boom, he's a major leaguer. You want to talk about a good deal? Yeah. Nationals. Nationals made a good deal on that trade for Soto. They got the, the return that they got on that was much better than the return that I think that the Red Sox got on Mookie Betts. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. There's, oh, the, 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 Look, I, I can't say Heim has had a terrific trade, barring bringing in Alex Pinellas, friend of the program. Uh, but you, you can't honestly say that he's done like an amazing job once you see what other well, GMs have well, done. Well, well, Coop, and this is the thing, is that you have... It's, I think that the Soto trade is a little bit different because you know it's kind of like the sale trade back in the day where you can say what you want about Kopech and Mankata, whatever, but you knew that they were going to be major leaguers. You knew yep. definitively they were going to be major leaguers. The trades that they're making now, you do not know that they're going to be major leaguers. And the worst part when we have that conversation is the Mookie trade, to your point. is that if, you, if you do a Soto trade, if you do a Mookie trade, then you know that you're going to get a major leaguer back. And, but with a Mookie trade, you didn't know that. 
You got yeah, you got Verdugo, but I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about three. And the other two guys are still yet to. No, no, no. They they have not proven to be major league yeah. players. All right, let's go to David and Needham. Hey, David, how you doing? I'm David. very good, Brad Poe. The Brad Poe Show. You there? Let's Hello? go. Can you hear me? I can hear can you. you. Hear let's go, David. What's going on? Oh, hey, listen. I'm thinking about a business model. Brad, well, could you have a drunken sailor business model and just buy every free agent that comes down the pike and you don't care about dead money or contract? Is there anything preventing an owner from, from, from doing that? I mean, well, what, I will say I mean, this, Sean David. Henry's got more money than you could do in a lifetime, but is, is there... David, I will say this. I Coop, you can confirm this. The Bradfoe Show podcast has a drunken sailor business model, don't we? Yeah, we just the guys that we bring in. It's like whatever. It's just like whatever. Whatever. Like, we don't. Who cares? We're going for scared it. money. Don't make money. <laughs> there you go. So so yeah. I mean, I I think that I you have to be responsible at some point, especially when it comes to the luxury tax. But there's a day. Here's a problem, David. Is that the luxury tax isn't a couple years ago? This isn't even the Mookie deal. You aren't worried about right, the luxury. Right. You've already gone through it. This is about spending sure, the money. That's what I'm saying. Right. This is about going out, finding the guy, and pay, getting maybe a little uncomfortable to pay the guy or trade the prospects and get the guy that you sure. want. There you go. Drunk, well, I, 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 I'll I mean, take the drunken sailor analogy. That's fine. Yeah, well, they were saying that, uh, you know, if you sign Judge, Bogart's Endeavors, I mean, those contracts to combine would be over a billion dollars, possibly, you know? But, I mean, it's just money. This guy's got more money than you could spend in a thousand lifetimes. What, is, what does he care? I mean, just yeah. win, baby, you know? And you know, you know who know. does that? You know who does that, David? You know who does that? Who? One of Heim Bloom's mentors, Andrew Friedman, the Los Angeles Dodgers. We focus so much on the Yankees. Andrew Friedman is right, a guy right. who, yeah, it took him a couple years to build it up. But you know what he did? Think about, think about the guys that he's gone after, that he's basically blown. He, he, you have Trevor Every Bauer. One of them. You have Trevor Bauer. You have, who am I also really right. thinking of? Obviously, Mookie Betts. Who is the other pitcher that I'm thinking of? You, like a big-name yeah. pitcher? Uh, Joe Kelly. David uh, Price. Dave, How well, much yeah, dead money? It was How a trade acquisition. But, 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 but when they're, it's, it's like San Diego is doing it. What the Sydney and the Dodgers are both doing it. One team is doing it smartly. The Quato. other team isn't doing it well. What are you talking? Yeah. About? What? Well, it's rattling well, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, David, well, the, I, drunken, the, 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 the drunken sailor business model needs refining. That's all. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Well, we'll we'll get it going. I appreciate it, David. All right. I like that drunken sailor business model. People like that. That's going to be like a firm that we can make. That's the name of the firm. What, the drunken sailor business model? Yeah, we'll just be consultants. Okay, that's fair. This, this baseball one, team will bring us in. I mean, they'll I, be like, what should we do, Robin Coop? I, I, think, I think when it comes to the drunken sailors and associates, I think the, the only way that you gain entrance into that firm... You're classing it too, uh, too much. Oh, with the, you drop the associates. You, you, are, you are the legal representation. Yeah. The only way that you can say you're part of that firm is that you go after Aaron Judge. All right, we gotta, we got to take a break. Buster only just walked in. He's going to be joining us of ESPN. We're going to get down to the, what, the brass tax. We're going to get down to business when it comes to the procession of this team. 617-779-7937. I see you all lined up. Lot going on with the Boston Red Sox. They have a big game tonight. We're going to be with you all the way up until seven o'clock. Be back after this. Weei, we are right back to the Bradfoe Show, streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
right, welcome back to the Bradford Show. We're going to be with you all the way up until 7 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 6 o'clock. But we're very fortunate to, at the Fenway Ford Clubhouse Studios to have the great Buster Olney with us walk down. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's, I don't know how you could miss it, Buster. It's only behind, like, five barricades and whatever. But we're here. We're here looking out at people, Yankee fans, Red Sox fans. I got a confession Uh-oh. for you. Okay. Right, got a it? confession for you. Yeah. Uh, I had ringworm once as a kid. Okay. okay. Growing up in the dairy farm, I got ringworm, and I did not take PD. You PD'd. did not. I hey. did not take PD. I, you know, I don't know. Your triceps look pretty good that summer, so I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you. So we had Papelbon. <laughs> this is like low hanging fruit, but we had Papelbon on yesterday. Oh, he definitely got ringworm. Oh uh, well, well, he was. He basically came out, and we're going to play the interview a little bit later in the show. But he came on. And he's, uh, I don't know if you know this, now he's uh, reemerged from, from his hiatus from, from talking, and he's all over the place, which we love. Yeah. And he, uh, he flat out said about Fernando Tatis, he said, uh, if I face him, I would hit him every time, even if it meant forcing in a run. So. And I got to tell you, the reaction to that the other day uh, around the sport was universal among people I talked to. Like, give me a break. The explanation... Uh, the, the timing of it, someone early in a $340 million contract, and they assume this is a guy making a second bad decision after a bad decision the winner when he rode his motorcycle, broke his wrist, and didn't tell anybody about it for three <laughs> months. Uh, and, and so he probably was unhappy with the rate of healing, and so he decided he wanted to juice it. And guess what? He got absolutely nabbed, and that's why it was unusual to see all those Padres players Come out and rip him. We had this conversation. It sort of stemmed what Papelbon was talking about. Just want to hit him every time he's up. And we said, is this, is there's the same vibe? Like you said, the Padres players are upset, but as, as overt as they were, we're like, well, we haven't heard a lot of like vitriol when it comes to this stuff recently. And I don't know if it's just because there hasn't been a, a lot of it because testing or rules or whatever, or if it's this, this uniform exchange sort of mentality that players are like, eh, okay, whatever. I mean, do you sense that there is that anger that we saw with Tatis across the board here? Well, I don't think we see it as often because if there is, and there is, I'm assuming, that there is at least some PED use, uh, but it's not as overt as it was in the 90s. I don't know about you, but you watch highlights from the 90s mm. games, you're like, oh, my God, everybody was juiced. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. shocking yes. when you see it. And now when you see bodies, I don't have the same reaction. No, so, yeah, I agree with that. So I think it really stems from basically, you know, that probably, not as much. probably not as much. All right. So, again, brass tacks here. Perception of the Boston Red Sox in the, uh, in the world outside the 617 area code. Complete confusion over what they're... Oh, another confusion. I like it. Uh, complete confusion. People scratching their heads over the deals they made at the deadline uh, to trade away an all-star catcher and then to add Tommy Pham. Because the thought was going to the deadline that maybe the Red Sox should try to slide underneath the luxury tax threshold and make a couple moves that would allow them to do that. And that would become the modus operandi. And we're still not sure, even after the fact, exactly what they were trying to accomplish. Mm. Right. I mean, we've got an explanation from the front office, but the fact is, is that if you, you know, add an Eric Hosmer, you add a Tommy Pham, that doesn't square with trading Christian Vasquez and not getting a reliever, actually trading away a reliever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so I, I think people around the sport were confused. Uh, in fact, I, I did a, a column that was posted yesterday on the, in ESPN where someone asked an executive with another team asked, what the hell are they doing up there? 
<laughs> like it was just they they're they're surprised and it's in keeping and you know as I worked in the piece you realize the perception of the team really now all goes through the prism of the Mookie Betts trade everything mm-hmm. from Mookie Betts on it's people trying to figure out exactly what's going on what do you think's missing here so uh, you asked me so, you know what's the feel here and I said listen Heim Bloom's Q rating is not high right now and fair or not, I mean, he has had times here, where, especially last year, when they made their run, where like, oh, look at you, you got Pavetta, you got Hunter Renfro, you got these Kike Hernandez. Now it's the complete opposite. And, you know, what do you think is the disconnect? I mean, is it just that, that we feel like this, this Tampa narrative is sort of taking root a little bit too much in Boston? Yeah, and it's not, as you know, it's not completely fair. I mean, the fact is, is that as the Red Sox championship team of 2018 was being built, we were all noting, you were noting, I was noting, man, they're spending a lot of resources. Mm. It's like a a kid going out before Christmas, or parents for that matter, with a credit card and loading up, and you're like, oh, at some point the bill's going to come due, and it has, and they've been digging themselves out from that. But here's the thing, they're in a position where they could be aggressive. If you assume that Xander Bogarts is going to opt out of the deal after this year, and I think he is, then the only long-term contracts they've left in the books are Chris Sale and Trevor Story, and then one more year left of Matt Barnes. So you do have the flexibility to go out and be aggressive, and I think that's going to be the next litmus test for the front office. Huge litmus test. In the offseason, will they go after the big dogs? And until they land one of the big dogs, there's going to be that chatter, you know what, it's changed. And... Trevor's story, we just talked about this. It doesn't really, that isn't the big dog. I mean, that's like a medium-sized dog. Right, exactly. Right? I mean, this he, isn't Bogarts. This is, it certainly isn't Devers. It's not Betts. Not, it's no, not Bogarts. No. And it's not Devers. No, no. And so all right, Buster Olden of ESPN is joining us. And so when you talk about that, it's interesting because we were just talking about 2013. So 2013, they have this. They free up all the money for the Nick Punto trade, right? Our good friend Nick Punto. <laughs> and so you free up all that money. How are you going to spend it? Josh Hamilton sitting there. Everyone, are oh, you going to go up? And no. What they do is they get Victorino, Napoli, Ross, Dempster. But, but, but. Here's the thing. You can say, well, maybe they'll do the same thing. Two things. Number one, you have to outbid for Victorino and Napoli, which is three-year deals. Which you're not like they haven't shown this regime shown that they're willing to do that. Yeah. And the fact is that you had the core. You also had core guys, David Ortiz, John Lester, those guys, where now those core guys are leaving. I mean, those are the guys who are leaving. So yes. it's not apples to apples here in terms of, hey, we'll, get, we'll work around the edges and we'll get these guys and look at what we did in 2013. I think you still have to get the core guys now. Well, and not only be for fan perception, but literally for the team. Like, who are the, what's the bedrock of this team right now? Is it the rotation? Of course not. Is it the bullpen? No, because you and I know that in 2022, bullpens come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have the best bullpen, you could have the worst bullpen at the beginning of the year, and you get the best bullpen at the end, like the Nationals in 2019. Is it the lineup? No, they're 18th in home runs, as you and I talk. Bogarts may well be on his way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know where Devers is going to be in two years. Where's the bedrock? Where are the, if you are a big market team, you know, if you're the Phillies, you got Bryce Harper, you got Kyle Schwarber. If you're the Yankees at the moment, you have Aaron Judge, you have Garrett Cole, uh, you know, the Dodgers, clearly. I mean, geez, they have like eight of those guys. Right. If you're a big market team, who's the guy? And it's very interesting because right now, I think 
what the what I believe the the Red Sox are trying to do now is essentially to emulate what we've seen in Los Angeles. And you know what? A lot of teams have been trying to do that and getting caught in this bind. The Giants, Cubs, and Red Sox are all teams that are trying to, you know, payroll flexibility, don't get locked in too much long-term deal, pick the right guy, and guess what all three of those teams have? They don't have the core star. And you know what? And going the, you just said it. Pick the right guy. I mean, yeah. even, you can say what you want about Trevor Bauer, but he was a good pitcher, you know? And you can say what you want. You're Mookie Best, right guy. They yeah. picked the right guy. And they, they, they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to be aggressive and out, like you said, outbid guys. So one of the things that I think that when we look at the trade deadline with the Red Sox, it goes under the radar a little bit. Is it about a week before Heimblum tells Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, you're not being traded? Which we all like, yay, yay, good, hey, that's super. Yet, as far as we know, no offers were made. No, no more contract talks were had. So I know that public perception, and maybe this comes from ownership, saying we need you to do this to, to keep the fan base happy. But that's not necessarily the right way to do it. If you aren't going to actually use that to, to give a better offer or to see where they're at in terms of offer, then why wouldn't you at least explore? Like this comes back to Mookie's. The Devers situation lines up exactly with Mookie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where you go into the trade deadline in 2019 and they say, well, we're going to hang on to Mookie. Well, okay, you hang on to Mookie. You get probably less value by trading him in the next offseason. But at least you had made offers. You know where he's going to be at. Here, like, do you agree with me? Like, shouldn't they have at least explored offers for these guys? Um, I think at this point where, where the organization is is that they need to pay them. They're going to have to pay a tax for decisions that, they, that they've been making the last two years that have stirred the unhappiness of the fan base. So I the, think they're going to so overreact. What you're talking about is biz, with the, the business side of things is going to start coming into play a little bit more than they thought. I absolutely anticipate that. And a lot of what this column that I wrote yesterday about was the history of John Henry's ownership, which has been wildly successful, mm -hmm. right? Four championships, the renovation of Fenway Park, uh, it feels that the Red Sox organization generally much more connected with the community than, say, when you know, I was popping around here in the late 80s and mm -hmm. 90s. Um, but what you've seen time and again is that they will veer. John Henry will veer. A lot. A lot. You know, where uh, we saw Grady Little was the manager. In the ninth inning of an ALCS, one decision, essentially, and he's gone. Uh, Theo Epstein, who's going to make a speech in Cooperstown someday. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame, generally considered to be the greatest general manager of all time, gone. They couldn't work that out. Ben Charrington takes over, builds a farm system, builds a payroll flexibility, win, wins a championship. A year and a half later, gone. Dave Dombrowski's brought in, given all the resources, spends them, does exactly what they want him to do, <laughs> win a championship, and he's gone. And guess what's happening now? Yeah. Like unhappiness is, is beginning to... Well, they also, oh. Buster, it also seems like they chase their tails. Like they think this is the way baseball's going. And with Heimblum, that certainly was the case. Like this is the way baseball's going. Yeah. Like market efficiency. And, and where Dombrowski, we know that that was the right thing to do. But to your point, <laughs> it was, we'll let you do whatever you want until we don't like what you do. And then we're not going to... We're not going to tell you to do something different. We're just going to fire you. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's why this winter, it's going to be very interesting. Because you and I were talking outside on the field before. Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. Okay? And by all logic, 
and, and based on what the Red Sox have been doing the last couple of years, you would never think the Red Sox would get involved in Aaron Judge, okay? But if you're the Red Sox ownership, and let's say that the business side is telling you this is starting to affect our bottom line, the unhappiness with the direction, you want to make a dent, you want to uh, reinvigorate a fan base, there's no doubt about it. Like, that would change the conversation. That would wipe the Mookie Betts trade right. to the side. Oh, right. oh there's, I mean, there's, and there's not a lot of guys in baseball can do that. Right. Right? I mean, so it is going to be interesting because I've said this before. The Devers in the oh, – Betts is one thing because you still have Bogarts and Devers and some of these other guys yeah. still here. Right. Devers and Bogarts leaves, and this is a simplistic way to look at it, but who's the kids wearing the shirts? They're not wearing story shirts. They're not wearing, uh, you know, Pavetta shirts. Eric Heisman shirts. They're not wearing Eric Heisman <laughs> shirts. They know he's probably going to be on another team. Yeah, next exactly. Spring. I mean, I mean, maybe Cass, Cassis. I don't know, but that that comes to the business side of things. And so this is what I'll ask you. And this is like a, a fantasy baseball simplistic way. You lose. You can't come to terms with Devers. Like we all think that Devers is right or wrong, is asking to be considered as a top 10 player in the major leagues. That's what he's asking. Don't compare me to a third baseman. Don't compare me to Matt Olson. Don't compare me to anyone. I'm compared to a top 10 player. All right, fine. You're not able to come to terms with him. Bogart leaves. Do you think it would be a wise decision to go after, for the Red Sox to go after Judge? Uh, uh, first off, I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to undercut your premise by saying I think that they're going to make Devers an offer and can't refuse. can't refuse. I think that the stakes are growing by the day in terms of the importance of re-signing Devers to reverse, to, to, to put that narrative into a box. Mm-hmm. They need to sign Rafi Devers. I think that with Bogarts, he's far enough out the door. He's got one foot out the door in a sense because you know, he can opt out. His agent, Scott Boris... Uh, there, there are going to be other teams. I know they're going to be interested in him. He can get a better deal. The one-year extension offer in the spring, not good no. in terms of stoking that relationship. So I think the pressure will be on the Red Sox to pay Devers. Mm. And as we're sitting here today, I think they will. Okay. All right. You, you don't think so? No, I, I, I actually do. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not. Does what I'm saying make sense? Because you're it, around the team. No, no, it, it, totally, it totally makes sense. And th- we've talked about this. It comes back to, like, how much – the ownership slash business side of things sort of drops in and says, hey, you know what? You might value Devers at Matt Olson, but we got to value him a little bit more. Well, and we could almost look at, look at it this way. Let's say the number on, uh, you know, on, and the Red Sox might want it on Devers is, say, 230, yeah. 230 million, okay? Then you add the Mookie Betts tax, the extra $20 million you got to tack on because you didn't keep Mookie Betts. Yep. And then you add the extra $20 million in the Xander Bogarts tax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you know it, what I mean? Yeah. It's in, in, it, I, so I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. This offseason is going to be fascinating because it is, it's going to, right now, as we sit here, yeah. we know how Heim Bloom and company approach things. We know. We know whether it's Devers or Bogarts. We value you as this. Like I, for Bogarts, for instance, Buster, is that I think they look at it as, you think you're better than this twenty million that we're paying right now? This right. this contract you're under is fine. Like it's fine. Well, okay, you might think that, right? But there's another team that doesn't. And by the way, the fan base and the people buying the tickets don't. So so, is is the, are they going to break off from their evaluations to the 
after ownership comes in and do it, does exactly what you do. Well, I, I think that Heim will never waver. I think that he will evaluate players purely uh, based on what he think the, thinks the market value is. And that's why I think it's so important to pay attention to ownership and whether or not they veer. Because a decision like a contract you and I are talking about with Devers, that's not a, a head of baseball ops doesn't make that decision. General manager doesn't make this, this, that decision. I don't know if you saw this the other day when uh, Al Avila was fired as general manager of the Tigers. Their owner, Chris Illich, came out and said, oh, it wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with, anything to do with trading Verlander. And it was like, yeah, right. <laughs> You're the owner of right. the team, and you traded a guy in a Hall of Fame trajectory. If they re-sign Devers, that's totally up to John Henry, Tom Warner, etc. That is an ownership. Which, decision. by the way, so it'll be the first time since, you know, when they moved on from Sherrington, the whole premise, and I don't disagree with it, where you needed one voice, right? When the Lester thing happened, it was, who's making the decisions? Ben Sherrington, Larry Lucchino, the ownership, whoever. Then Dave Dombrowski came in, and, and he, he obviously made it clear, I'm going to make the decisions. I am right. going to make the baseball decisions. So they do that. Then, like we said before, then he gets to the point where he makes some decisions they didn't like. You're fired. We're bringing in this guy. And I do think that they said to Bloom same thing. We're going to be over here in Liverpool. That's a terrible analogy. But we're going to be over here. We're going to trust that you know what you're doing. We like the way that you do things. And we're going to do it. But but this if what happens happens that we're talking about, that'll be the first time since the Sherrington era which they deviated from. The, for, where they've broken off from this we're going to let you take care of business and we're not going to get in the way. Which, by the way, they'll deny up and down. They'll, they'll always say, hey, it's Heim's decision. But to your point, I mean, I think we're getting to that point yes. where you get past this Yankee series, it's not going to be like these crowds. No, and he and I were talking, you know, it's, uh, look, uh, Heim, they've had a few, a few times uh, when they've made some nice, you know, they've made some nice deals. But it's sort of like getting a bargain can of uh, tomatoes that drops off a truck for 50% off, right? At some point, you need a steak. You need the, the big piece. You need the core pieces. And that's what we're talking about. And, and that's why I, I, I got to believe at some point, ownership might evaluate everything going on direction, business side, knowing that they're a year and a half away from Devers reaching free agency. And then they're looking at it and say, we need to, we need to look at this hard. All right, Buster. I kept you way, way too long. I know you got a lot to do. You got on the broadcast tonight. Good times. You excited to be here? Oh, totally. These well, this games is my are, backyard. Yeah, you know? I know. I know you. Went to games starting when I was eight my, years my, old. My daughter's getting married up in your great state in a, in a few weeks. So there you go. Well, Thank I you for hosting us. I know Vermont will do a great job. <laughs> All right, Buster. Thanks so much. Buster Olney of ESPN, ESPN.com. He'll be on the broadcast tonight. Check it out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is the Bradford Show. Be right back right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> 